Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildebrand here. Dan Rubenstein all the way over there in beautiful, sunny Southern California. He is there for the holidays. Mr. Rubenstein, we need a weather check. Sunny <laughs> Southern California. What is what is the you status? You don't want to hear it. Uh, you do not want to hear it. I want to uh, hear it. What is it? Yesterday peaked around 81 degrees. Oh, the agony. Uh, right now it's 73. It looks like it's going to peak around 75 today, which, you know, we'll probably push 80. All things, you know, oh, being equal. The agony. I'm going to go down. I'm going to be down around uh, Venice. Yeah. Have you spent time in Venice at all? No. Not Venice Beach. Venice, no. California. No. Um. Gonna have some tacos. I have a great taco truck recommendation. It's called La Isla Bonita, the beautiful island. I can't even say that, but okay. La Isla Bonita. It's gonna be great. Gonna enjoy my South Bay day. And uh, just some uh, some sunshine in the Southland, Ty. Some sunshine in the Southland. We should point out that we are recording this on Tuesday. Yep. We're gonna push it out on Wednesday. Gonna do that mm-hmm. early Wednesday morning. Nice little Christmas gift for the Verballers if they're on the way to Grandma's house or wherever. We will push this show out on Wednesday morning, but we wanted to give ourselves a little bit of a reprieve, so we're recording uh, earlier on Tuesday in the afternoon when you've still got me full of life and energy, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when when Michigan hires or some other school hires, like, (gasps) what? They Norv Turner? On Christmas Eve? And we don't talk about it on the show, although I guess we just covered our bases as for surprise college Norv hires. Yeah. Um, yeah. You remember the old SNL sketch, the uh, the Gerald Ford dying of all sorts of causes? <laughs> Let's just do that real quick. Um, okay. So I guess Pitt, the, the, the word is that Pitt hired Pat Narduzzi. So we, yep. we, won't, we won't talk about that. Michigan State defensive coordinator. I was like, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Did you hear about Dave Wanstead going back to Pitt? What? What? Did you hear okay, about Jim we- McElwain? reneging what? on his zeal to Florida and now Florida's hiring Norv <laughs> Norv to Florida all right do we have that in the can are we good by the way Norv Turner's agent is listening to this open and shaking his head in kind approval oh yeah oh absolutely this is the most press Norv Turner's gotten in like three years who's the other NFL coach that just constantly got hired by every uh the glasses San Diego Kansas City Washington Oh, Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, Marty, Marty Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer. At least he wants something, though. Florida State fires Jimbo for Marty Schottenheimer. Do we have that in the can? <laughs> That's clean audio. Okay, good. Oh, my God. Well, it is uh, our Christmas edition here on the Solid Verbal. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, on FanCred, and, of course, on the Twitter. Hope you are having a happy holiday season. We will be with you Throughout the holiday season, we do plan to record on Sunday. We'll also record next Tuesday, I guess, and we'll push one out on New Year's Eve before we head on out to Dallas to do our myriad shows from Radio Row at the College Football National Championship. Should we get through our news first? Yeah, what do you got? Where's the ticker? I need the ticker. I need the ticker. I, that that was a little bit of Funkmaster Flexhorn slash Space that, yeah. Phaser. That was good. Uh, do, 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 All right. You're done? I'm, that, that's all I got. Pat Narduzzi reportedly to Pitt. Yeah. 
We mentioned it briefly about 15 seconds ago, Mm -hmm. but that is the word. Pat Pat Narduzzi, excuse me, going to take the job at Pitt. He went to Youngstown State. He is not from Pennsylvania. He's from Connecticut. Right. The question I asked you off air was why this job for Pat Narduzzi? It it seems as if he could have gotten some better gigs in the last, I don't know, three years or so. Yeah, I think it's a matter of comfort geographically, familiarity with recruiting and high school coaches and the relationships thereof. Um, without knowing a ton about Pat Narduzzi personally, it, it's a lot of this when you when you wonder why a coach hasn't taken jobs that appear to be really good and great opportunities. I imagine a lot of it is personality, program, geographic fit, and yeah. Or, or maybe just timing and comfort of making that leap to, to being a head coach. And maybe this was a year that Pat Narduzzi, specifically at Michigan State, got a better sense of the requirements of a, a head coaching position at a major school. And now he is at the point where he is comfortable. He found a place that would be a good fit and uh, leapt and jumped on the opportunity. So that that appears to be, if I had to, to wildly guess, it was just it's, it's a timing and fit thing. Pitt is fitting nicely into this role of the early 90s Montreal Expos where they develop talent and then see yeah. it go elsewhere. Pat Narduzzi's only 48. Yeah. Conceivably, if he does well at Pitt and if he has ambitions to go elsewhere, he could. Mm-hmm. I hope for Pitt's sake that does not happen because it has been truly a coaching carousel at Pitt over the last five years. Yeah. But it does seem as if Pat Narduzzi is headed to Pitt. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do finally as a head football coach now in the ACC. And talent is, uh, is I wouldn't say plentiful, but perhaps an under great, underrated uh, fertile recruiting ground in Pennsylvania and Ohio as Pittsburgh sort of straddles that line geographically. Uh, two states that take high school football very seriously and produce a lot of talent. All right. And then the other big coaching news was mm-hmm. Mike Bobo. Yeah. The Run current the dang ball. slash former offensive coordinator for the University of Georgia. He is headed to take Jim McElwain's old job at Colorado State. Yes. Mike Bobo is a guy, I know our friend Bill Connolly has mm-hmm. been extremely high on Mike yes. Bobo over the last couple seasons. It seems like going from McElwain to Bobo is actually a pretty logical maneuver if you're Colorado State. I'm not going to sit here and profess any great knowledge of the Rams football program, but it doesn't right. seem like that's a huge step down to go from where you were now to a guy like Mike Bobo. The only thing we don't know is what he's going to do as a head coach instead of a coordinator. Right. And it's, it's a different beast obviously. And yes, it is following the template of hiring a very, very successful offensive coordinator from a successful sec school that they went down with uh, the, that same path that they went down with Jim McElwain. Sure. And uh, yeah, the expectations were high in Georgia for offenses over the years and they delivered Aaron Murray is a record setting sec quarterback. And he can, he has the ability to point to a number of his uh, projects that he was able to develop. Obviously the running backs that succeeded in Georgia are not insignificant names over these past few years. Um, and whether it be transfers from the sec, like Jim McElwain was able to get with D Hart, for instance, uh, he should be able to on the surface, keep what Colorado state has done in terms of success going. And uh, a nice hire, record-setting offenses at Georgia, and uh, will run a what appears to be a successful program at Colorado State, at least in the short term, with what Jim McElwain is able to do in terms of stocking talent. The other shred of news that we mm-hmm. must discuss on this show. Yeah. Must discuss this on must the Solid we? Verbal. <laughs> now, you'll know that's usually the Bruce Feldman body blow theory sound drop. Yes. 
in this instance, that is the mm. Miami Beach Bowl sound drop. Oh, yeah, it is. We had some fisticuffs at the end of the Miami Beach Bowl yesterday, Dan. Uh, passions were, were in the air. There, there was anger everywhere. Uh, it's just, you know, you, the records were thrown out. And once you throw out those records, anything can happen. Throw those records right out the window. Throw them out. Yeah, there was some brawling, a, a sucker punch, a headbutt. All sorts of, of blood was tossed everywhere. And uh, it was, what, a double overtime win for Memphis after yeah. Bronco Mendenhall tried to ice an extra point. Just a lot of fun bowl weirdness. Did you happen? How much of this game did you watch? I only watched the first half of this game, and then I saw highlights of the overtime and end of the game. All right. So I didn't see any of the first half, but I saw okay. most of the fourth quarter of this game. Okay. And it got a little weird. It was definitely a chippy game. You could see that these guys were kind of going at each other. Memphis can't block up front. Right. It was like a jailbreak every time yeah. they would snap the football, but Tax it was it, right. It was a good enough game that there was back and forth. There was a lot of scoring. And at one point, once the game got to overtime, what's his name? Is it Jake Elliott? I think it's Jake Elliott, the kicker okay. from Memphis. Oh man. Is setting up to tie the game at 48 in mm -hmm. overtime. Bronco Mendenhall ices him. Elliot would have totally chunked the kick. Would have been right. nowhere near anything. Yeah. He goes to the sideline, takes a few practice kicks, then proceeds to murder the football through the uprights. It yeah. would have been good. I put on Twitter, it would have been good from 70, and I'm not yeah. sure that's hyperbole. Because he really, really crushed the ball. As Bud Elliott said, he kicked it like it was a kickoff. Right. They tie the game at 48, then they get a late touchdown. There was a fight afterwards, guys getting cold cocked all over the place. Not a good look for either Memphis or BYU. I mm -hmm. must say, though, Dan, I was equally as frustrated upon going to our bowl pick em pool and learning that I never actually changed my pick from BYU to Memphis. Aww, good job. On our show on Sunday, I picked Memphis and I had good reasons for doing so. I'm in another pool against the spread where I did pick Memphis to win this game outright. Did I take Memphis or did I take BYU? We both took Memphis on the show. Right. I came here. I'm looking at it now. I had 12 points riding on BYU. Mm -hmm. I share their frustration, Dan. Yeah. What are you going to do? We've got a bunch of other games on the docket here. You want to dive into those? Uh, I think we should do some diving. Dan, time, help. I need picks of the week. All right. I'm not sure how much help we can be, but we're going to try and... Talk a little bit about each of these games before me. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. You're like the Sesame Street count. That's right. One, two, four, seven, eight. Ooh. The day after Christmas. Yeah. We've said it before. I'll say it again now. Ladies and gentlemen, college football fans of all ages. Your Christmas present arrives a day late. Uh -oh. It arrives at 1 p.m. Eastern. It arrives in the form of the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. Drive four, six. Drive four, six. We've got Louisiana Tech, six and six. Yeah. Squaring off as a six-point favorite mm -hmm. against Illinois, Dan. We do. Illinois is in a bowl game. The drive for six is complete. Six. I have mistakenly put on my sheet here that Illinois was eight and five. That is not the case. No, no, it is not. Louisiana Tech is eight and five. Louisiana Tech eight and five. Mm -hmm. Illinois six and six. Louisiana Tech a six point favorite. Dan, give me one good reason I shouldn't go with our drive for six friends and go Illinois here. Um, I can't think of any. 
look, they they had an okay season. Louisiana Tech did. They they were like the Southern Mike Riley's losing. I think they lost to an FCS team, right? They lost to Northwestern State. Yes. Um, who you might remember Northwestern State from one of the better teams on Baylor's non-conference schedule. Right. Um, Louisiana Tech has a, a really good running back in Kenneth Dixon. They, you know, it's a, it's a newer coaching staff with Sonny Dykes having left a couple seasons ago. Um, he, they have a pretty good quarterback. They, they killed a couple of teams that might be decent, but I'm going Illinois here. I think they have momentum the way they finished their season beating Penn state and Northwestern uh, Riley O'Toole time appears to be in full effect. And by that, I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, right? He's not a, he's not an insanely dynamic quarterback by any stretch, but he limits mistakes. They get good production. Josh Ferguson on the ground. The defense is not fantastic by any stretch, but Illinois is in a pretty decent place. I feel like they have the motivation They'll get fried chicken. Yeah. And uh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, this is, I, I should mention that there's an alert. A lot of people like when people throw the records out. I know you have a sound for that when they're broadcasting games. Right. We have a, we have a, uh, a Wes Welker type alert with, uh, with Illinois receiver. I think it's Mike <laughs> Dudek. You're going to, he's a short white receiver. Yeah. So you'll be guys like Illinois sort of thinks of him as a, uh, it's a Wes Welker type, a Wes Welker type. You're not going to believe this, but he is a Caucasian male. A Wes Welker type. That's a Wes good Welker one. type. That's up there with throw the records out. Absolutely. You hear that all the time. If you hear it, if you decide to watch this game, and if you do, God bless you, do tweet us if you hear a Wes Welker type. We'd appreciate that. In any bowl game, not even just the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas. Oh, bowl. you'll hear it in other games, too. Oh, yeah. Everyone's a Wes Welker type these days. Let's move to 430. It's the Quick Lane Bowl, Dan. Okay. Yeah. In Detroit, Michigan, I believe. Uh, okay. North Carolina, six and six. They're a three-point favorite over Rutgers. I've said that before. I'll say it again. Lock Uh-oh. of the week. I hate everything about Rutgers, as I have all season. <laughs> what, every, what about this year's Gary Nova? Gary Nova. I still hate everything about Rutgers. Okay. I think North Carolina has improved a lot as the season's gone on. Yeah. The defense needs work, so Rutgers is going to be able to move the ball on North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But I favor the Tar Heels here. You know how they say in North Carolina that the quick lane bowl is sort of their home away from home. Uh, I like North Carolina here as well. I don't know if I like them in as confident a fashion as you appear to. Uh, Rutgers secretly has a very good receiver in Leonte Carew. I yeah. want to say his name is he's very good. Um, so there, there are reasons to watch and enjoy Rutgers football. You have to search a little bit, but he was sort of a big play guy, went over a thousand yards for the Scarlet Knights. And, you know, Rutgers finished the season in strong fashion with the huge comeback win over Maryland. Obviously, their noted Big Ten rival. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think with how much of a weapon Marquise Williams can be still not crazy about the North Carolina defense. So honestly, if I'm going to give you a sound of this game, yeah. I want that shootout sound. That feels about right to me, Dan. Yeah. So I think, I think we get a, a good game from this year's Gary Nova, Gary Nova, and we get a good game from Marquise Williams. And I don't think there's much, uh, much about defense in this matchup. I believe I saw an article and I was trying to find it in the feverish final seconds before talking about this game. I I can't Mm -hmm. find it. Yeah. If anyone can find this, please send it to me. But there was at some point an article published from some sour grapes, Rutgers fan (laughs) who believed that Rutgers should be going to a better bowl game because of the added attention 
they brought to the Big Ten, essentially Obviously. because they're pulling in the quote-unquote New York college football market. They're New York's third most notable college football team. There was someone that published that article. I need to find it, but I got a good chuckle uh, out of that one. I think Some gonna... Sour Grapes Rutgers fan is actually his Twitter handle, so it should be <laughs> easy to find. 8 p.m. The day after yeah. Christmas, a very big day for bowl games. Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. It is the Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl, Dan. Yes, it is. Yes, you, it is. What do you know about Bitcoin? Um, not a ton. I know that the the Winklevi, the Winklevoss, <laughs> is are, that the plural form? Yeah, well, that's what they used in the Social Network, which yeah. like remains to this day one of my top five movies. The You're past a big fan five, of that six movie. years of the Social Network. Yeah, uh, the Winklevi are involved with Bitcoin. Um, beyond that, I know all sorts of shady internet organizations accept Bitcoin as payment. Some less shady. Um, other than that, I don't know much. Okay, so here's here's my question. Yeah. I thought Bitcoin was just a currency. I didn't think it was a sponsor. How is it sponsoring a game? Isn't that like the U.S. dollar or the German franc sponsoring a bowl game? Did they Are they paying in Bitcoin to sponsor this game? I'm looking up the current rate of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Currently, at yeah. time of recording, one Bitcoin equals $335.00. And 83 cents. So clearly they could have given each player one Bitcoin and yeah. then some stuff Permissible. on top of it. Let's say one Bitcoin and change, if you will, if they wanted to really give them some Bitcoin swag. How are you, how are you with knowing world currency? Uh, I feel like I need to improve my world currency. Just not, the names of world currency. I'm not good with world currency. I'm good. God, with, I need to get better. I'm good with flags. And I'm really, I'm really good with cities and like general geography. What's the capital of Finland? Helsinki. That's correct. That is correct. If you just want to keep doing this all throughout, I'm, just no, at I'm, random I points. I myself am also a former geography B champion. All right. Well, uh, we're going to quiz each other randomly on geography topics as we progress through. I, I think that's fair. I'm uh, one for one. I'll get you when you least expect it. How many cities in North Carolina do you feel like you could name? We have NC State and UCF in the Bitcoin Bowl. Ooh. I feel like I could do more cities in North Carolina. Cities in North Carolina. Yeah. So obviously you've got Raleigh. You've got Can you name can you name seven cities in North Carolina? Seven cities in North Carolina? Yes. yes. I believe so. Okay, hit me. Here, let's go. All right. Let's go uh Greensboro. Yeah. Let's go. I believe there's a Greenville. I, there definitely is in South Carolina. It wouldn't surprise me if there's one in North, but okay. There's an Asheville. There's a yeah. Durham. Uh-huh. There's a Raleigh. There's uh-huh. obviously Charlotte. Uh-huh. And we'll go Chapel Hill. Ah, that's very good. I would have also accepted Winston-Salem. Thanks yeah. for leaving out Wake Forest. Um, there's the, the what's it called? Where Dawson's Creek was on oh. the coast. <laughs> um, I should name that city. Um, I God, forget the name of it, but I know what you it's mean. It's something with a, like, I want to say like Wellingham, but it's not Wellingham. I'm looking this up right now. I'm not going to profess to know. It was filmed in... Um, North Carolina, Wilmington, 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 North Carolina. Yes. That's where it's all the, the, what's it, what's the guy's Nicholas, the guy, the notebook guy, whatever they, all those books are based there. In any case, well done with your seven cities. I should have mentioned Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Cause if you Would drive, if you drive down the interstate through North right. Carolina, you'll see signs for a hundred miles about sheepskin and all sorts of weird things. They sell at Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Sexy. All right. Where are, what were we talking about? We're talking about a bowl uh, game, right? NC State and UCF. Um, who jumps out to you in this matchup? NC State with a, a nice turnaround year after Dave Doran's frustrating opening year last season. UCF 
of course, beats Baylor last season in the Fiesta Bowl, and then they start the season off in less than ideal fashion, uh, losing to Penn State and somebody else early on. I think Missouri. Um, two teams that I mean, I think NC State with their win over like they killed North Carolina. I think later on, later yeah, in the season. Yeah. And uh, they had the nice start to the Florida State game going up something like 21, 24 to 7, could not hold on. But certainly NC State, a team that inarguably took steps forward on both sides of the ball. I think NC State is probably the side I favor here. They're getting two points in this game. I do like the turnaround season angle. I feel like any team that's got the turnaround season, they've got a good quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Uh, I use good very loosely because he's been inconsistent but mm-hmm. he's still a guy who has a lot of talent. I, I favor the Wolf Pack here. I like what Dave Duran's done. Yeah, I mean, UCF season, the American was not that good, and they lose to UConn, which is stink that I can't really, you can't wash that stink off easily. Yeah. You need like OxyClean to get right. rid of that. Not a sponsor, by the way. Um, they have the East Carolina win. They have the BYU win. That's Those are two very nice things, but the, the stretch of their schedule, it's just so hard to determine how good UCF actually is with how bad... South Florida, SMU, Tulsa, all of these schools are Houston with a down year. I, it's just, I don't really have a really good concept. And when they had opportunities to, to sort of hang with good teams, Missouri kills them. Penn state. I just, if, if Penn state scoring 26 points against you, that's a huge worry. So I'm going NC state. I, I like the evolution of this team and the year that Jacoby Brissett had their improved front, at least on the defense should, should scare a, a newish, yeah. uh, or not new anymore, but an inexperienced UCF offense in the backfield. I'm going, uh, I'm going with the Wolfpack. All right. Uh, Saturday at 2 PM, mm-hmm. the military bowl presented by Northrop. Is it Grumman or Grumman? Grumman. I think it's Grumman. It's a double M. It's spelled Grumman. And for mm-hmm. some reason I've always called it Grumman. Northrop you? Grumman sponsors yeah. the military bowl in this game. It features Cincinnati, a three point favorite over Virginia mm-hmm. tech. Yep. Not quite, what, eight wins for Frank Beamer this year? Yeah. This yeah. year, it was six wins in the bed yeah. for Frank Beamer. Undoubtedly, he will be on a hot seat next year. Bud Foster just signed an extension. He did, yeah. Yeah, and Virginia Tech's defense has consistently been very good. Um, it has not been the problem with the Hokies these past few seasons. I'm tempted to go Cincinnati and Gunner Keel, Dan. I'm I'm not even tempted. I am going Cincinnati and Gunner Keel. I'm, I'm, I'm not to do much it. for Cincinnati's defense, but I'm also not much for Virginia Tech showing an ability to take advantage of Cincinnati's woefully below average defense. So yeah, I I feel I I feel like Cincinnati could win this game going away. Do you remember the Halcyon days of thinking that Michael Brewer was the next big thing? We had a picture of Michael Brewer on our Wake Up College Football and SB Nation show uh, on the set of that show for a long time just because we had various pictures of college football people. They, he beats Ohio State. We print out a picture. We put it in a, a frame, and we just sort of left it there. I was like, man, we have no reason for Michael Brewer to be on this set. <laughs> Did but, somebody leave this here by accident? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Brewer family. <laughs> Does anyone have a Michael Brewer fathead? I can't imagine they do. We haven't gotten many pictures of fatheads, by the way. Or Michael Brewer. Or Michael Brewer. Yeah. I'm going to go Cincinnati here. They're a three-point favorite. Not a big fan of Virginia Tech this year. Let's move on. Yeah. Also on Saturday, we've got a bunch of games starting in pretty close proximity to one another. Mm-hmm. This one is at 3.30. It is the Hyundai Sun Bowl, formerly the Brute Sun Bowl. Yeah. No longer named after a cheap cologne. Now named after uh, Car and Driver's Car of the Year, the Hyundai. Hyundai this game Sun looks Bowl. really fun. ASU 
Arizona State, the Sun Devils, mm-hmm. nine and three. Yep. They're about a touchdown favorite in this game. They go against Duke, also nine and three. Did you know that Lone Star is performing at halftime of this game? You know, Ty, I didn't. I did not. Does that change your opinion of this game at all? I have no idea who or what Lone Star is. Lone Star can be the new brute. Mm, okay. Metaphorically speaking. Sure. Lone Star is a country band, Dan. They sang that oh. Amazed song. I'm amazed by you. Nope, don't know it. Going out on a limb. Mm-hmm. Going Duke outright. I don't think that's a limb at all. This is another year of them winning nine games. They won their division, the ACC, last season. They have a criminally underrated receiver in Jamison Crowder. Um, in ASU, we've seen evidence, granted, the sample size of one, Todd Graham just, and, and the ASU team last year, really sort of crapping the bed in the, I believe, Holiday Bowl against Texas Tech. And it's an, it's a disappointed ASU team. They want to get to double-digit wins. But I think Duke, in this case, I think they're going to be all right. If they can handle Jalen Strong, who's going to be in his final game for ASU, because he is he did declare and will be turning pro, they're very, very good receiver. Uh, if they can survive DJ Foster, I think they're going to be able to win this game. I'm only putting five confidence points on this one, Dan. I think that's about right. Duke played really well a year ago in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Mm-hmm. Could have beaten A&M. They lost like 50, um, 52-48, somewhere in that range. A lot of points in that game. They won 10 games a year ago. They want to get to 10 again. They can do that by beating ASU. Mm-hmm. The question I have for ASU is not unlike yours. How can they not be disappointed playing in El Paso, Texas at the Sun Bowl mm-hmm. when at one point people were talking about them as maybe a fringe playoff team? Oh, God. Now you've got a game like this, the Sun yeah. Bowl against yeah. Duke. Where is Duke? Who cares uh, it's in about North Carolina? Duke? It's in Durham, North Carolina. Who cares about Duke, Dan? Um, I, I do. I think it's kind of fun. David Cutcliffe. I like him. I'm just saying I could definitely see this being the kind of thing where, you know, there's a huge letdown. Yeah, I think so, too. But they, they certainly didn't acquit themselves all that well against Arizona in the Territorial Cup. And coming off of that, it could be a, a motivation situation. Like, how are you going to get up for El Paso? I'll do respect to El Paso, but it's generally not a destination for teams that are thrilled with the way their season went. Uh, I think Duke is in a good place. Go to 10 wins. Keep building. Name me the top six cities in the United States by population. Okay. Uh, New York. Yes. Los Angeles. Yes. Chicago. Yes. Houston. Yes. Is Philadelphia there? Philadelphia is five. You're five for five in order, by the way. Damn, I'm good. Uh, Number six, the Dallas metro area. Dallas is ninth. They are Dallas the nice. 10. Seattle. Seattle is it's up there. It's top 10, right? Seattle is not even on. Seattle is 21st. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, you got big cities in the Northeast. I don't think Boston, I think Boston's smaller than people realize. Boston's actually a, a very small and walkable city. Yeah. Thank you. Have you done the freedom trail? I have not. Well, I have, I have when I was very young. It's pretty quaint. I enjoyed it. Yeah. San Francisco is pretty small. Um, what am I missing? What am I missing? St. Louis is like completely abandoned. Give me a hint. Give me a time zone. Uh, sometimes mountains, sometimes Pacific. Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona is correct. Wow. Phoenix, okay. Arizona. That makes sense. Six. Phoenix has it's, it's college town. It's got a lot of sort of mini cities within Phoenix with Scottsdale and Tempe. Um, that makes sense. All right. 
Five out of six. That's not bad. No, that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. And five out of five in order. All right. So I'm next. going Duke straight up. Are you taking yeah. ASU or are you going Duke? I'm going to go Duke as well. Dukies! 3.30 p.m. Saturday, the Duck Commander Independence Bowl, Dan. Yeah. We don't know if they get duck calls. I hope they do. You know what's a terrible show? That show. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I like terrible shows that have entertainment value. <laughs> it's really terrible. Oh, that caught me off guard. That show is is specifically, and I will watch almost at, like I will watch eight minutes of a Kardashian show out of like sheer horror. That sh- like there's there's more to enjoy about the most unlikable family in the world, the Kardashians, than the second most unlikable family. There's something that's more genuine about the least genuine people in <laughs> entertainment than the awful train wreck and celebration of idiocy. That is that stupid ass show. Wow. Dan, it's the holidays. Gotta be nice to people. No, it's terrible. And I like terrible things, and that's too terrible even for myself. Okay. Miami, six and six. Yeah. Field goal favorite over South Carolina. The Gamecocks are also six and six. I've said this before. I've got a lot of confidence, 32 points worth of confidence in Miami. Yeah. Cannot for the life of me find any reason why South Carolina would care about this game. Well, that's my Steve Spurrier impression. Well, why would they care? I have no idea. Now they're without Shaq Rowland has left the team. Yep. One of their starting receivers, not their, their best playmaker out wide. That'd be Farrell Cooper. I guess that would be the reason to be a little bit confident. Farrell Cooper can perform despite what's around him at times. Mike Davis, a bit of a disappointing year, just across the board. It was a disappointing effort from South Carolina. The big thing for me is Miami has Duke Johnson. South Carolina has a terrible run defense. It really, if we're going to reduce it down to something like that, I'm, just very, very confident in Miami to the point where I'm going to need a dramatic sound of a lock closing. Lock of the week. I like this pick, Dan. Yep, there it is, the U. Which, by the way, Butch Davis is like, I'm, I'm super interested in the Miami job. <laughs> it's like, they have a coach, idiot. You left to go to Cleveland, Ohio. You reverse LeBron and then LeBron. He's interested in the Miami job. That's good. If to that know. ever comes open, I'm interested. Like, Just want up. everyone to know that I'm available. Yeah. Okay. Act like you've been there before. Tone down the thirst. Miami has played up in big games this year. They've played down in some that haven't mattered. Yeah. This would strike me as a game where they'd get up for it. Give me Miami here. Minus the three and a half. I think they'll be fired up. Yep. Let's move on. Let's go to the new era pinstripe bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have the hat with me from last God, year. Dang it. Why aren't you going to this game, Ty? I don't want to go to this game, Dan. Okay, that's that's a good reason. I don't want to go to this game at all. 4.30, new era pinstripe bowl. It's in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Boston College, 7-5, and five, is a two-and-one-half point favorite over my Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah. Here's why I'm going with Penn State. I don't feel great about it, but this game is house money for them. They did not expect to be here. They're certainly excited, yeah. They got a break from the NCAA I don't want to watch this game. I know there are going to be better games on the TV. I know that the game comes down to boring things like field position and turnovers and uh, however far Sam Ficken can kick a ball Mm -hmm. for Penn State. But I just don't think that Boston College has enough diversity on offense to move the ball in Penn State's defense. Totally fair. The defense for Penn State has been very legit this season. Mm -hmm. 
And that's like the only thing you can trust in is that defense. If they can get any push at all offensively, they can score any points at all offensively. You got to feel good about them having a shot in this game. That's why it's a low point spread. So give me Penn State again. Boring game. Don't want to watch it. Somehow right. we'll end up watching it. Final score, 17 to 10. Nittany Lions win their first bowl game after uh, a brief hiatus. Yeah, I would say the single best thing in this game is the Penn State defense is that front seven legitimate uh, all Big Ten performers. Um, I'm trying to think of the guys on that that defense. What's the linebacker's name? Mike Hall? Mike yeah, Hall? Mike Hall. Mike Hall, yeah. Le- legitimate talent there and uh, an underrated unit as they performed pretty much all season long. Terrified of betting with Penn State's offense. I think Boston College, for that reason, is a more complete team. Whatever the under is, I, I don't feel like taking the points here because I just don't believe in Penn State's offense that much. I'm going to go with Boston College. I'm going to go with them to cover, but in an extremely low-scoring fashion, something like 14-10, 17-13. It just, I, I can't get can't get on board with any sort of significant offense in this game. The over-under for this game is 40 points. <laughs> <laughs> I would take the hell out of that under. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know if I can afford to, t- to make another breakfast bet with you, but it's hard for me. Yeah, where to are imagine. we at with breakfast bets? Uh, I I owe you at least one, maybe two. I don't remember what what I owe you, but we're we'll be in Dallas. Yeah. Um, right. can't imagine either one of these teams scoring twenty four points. No, God, no. Yeah. Can you imagine either of these teams getting to twenty points? Yeah, well, you can pick six. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. And then finally on Saturday, yeah, to close it all out. Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> what would Saturday be without the National University Holiday Bowl? I first of all, I know you joke about this. This is a great game to go to. It's Tickets San are not Diego? that expensive. It, San Diego? It's, in, it's in San Diego. Yeah, it'll be seventy-five degrees. You can grill with your bros and broettes. It's it's easy to get to if you're, you know, obviously a USC fan, most of whom are centraled in Los Angeles. So it's a straight shot on the freeway, about two and a half, three hours. Um, and people in Nebraska, it's probably cold right now. And in San Diego, it's dramatically different than what it looks like in Nebraska. It's by the ocean. It's it's one of those bowl games. We're like, yeah, I think I will go to that game. Can I talk about my drive last summer from L.A. down the coast to San Diego? Please. There's a point in that drive, and you probably know it a lot better than I do, Mm -hmm. when it stops feeling like you are just commuting from one city to another and starts feeling a lot like you are escaping from civilization and going to a faraway place where no one will ever find you. Yeah, you I mean, is this are you talking about right when you start driving along the, the coast? When you when you're driving along the coast, you're driving through like those small beach cities. Mm hmm. There's something about that whole drive, which makes me feel like I'm Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Once you get through, because then you're also driving past the naval base. Yep. That's so right. it's 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 very much isolated. Once you're in like the, the northern San Diego County, southern Orange County, right around there, like the Oceanside, Carlsbad, and I don't know what the exact Orange County cities there at the bottom are, but uh, once you're right around there, it it definitely feels like a break from big West Coast city life. And it's great. It feels like a scene out of Shawshank Redemption, particularly mm-hmm. the one at the end. Yes. Can you name the city in Shawshank Redemption where they end up? Oh, man. I've seen it a bunch of times. I have it. I want to go there. I've, know, I've known people that like have gone there every Christmas. It's a great uh, name for a city. Come on, Tyler. I don't know it, Dan. 
Ziwadanejo. 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 Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Come on, Ty. Bowl game. Mm-hmm. USC eight and four. Nebraska nine and three. USC six and a half points. A favorite. Nebraska won nine games, Dan. It was the seventh straight year of doing so, but they fired Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. This means that interim coach Barney Cotton will be taking over for the Cornhuskers. Yeah. Shucks. Gotta like USC here for a couple reasons. First off, I don't know if Nebraska cares. It, it was a right. bit of an emotional roller coaster for them over the last couple of weeks. Do they even give a damn about this game? Right. It's a fair question to ask. Secondly, I, I know the past defense has been pretty good all year, and it's not out of the question mm-hmm. that they could take Cody Kessler out of rhythm, maybe the way they did with Connor Cook earlier this year. But I think if that happens, USC has enough firepower on offense. They haven't been a great running team this year, but I do like Buck Allen a lot. And I think he could have a big day against. He's very, very good. He's very good. The running game has been a little inconsistent here and there because of the line. But I, I think there's potential for him to have a really big day if they need to lean on him, assuming the passing game falls through. And then there's just the fact that I've never trusted Tommy Armstrong for Nebraska. I, I just, right. I've always thought that Nebraska is a one dimensional team. They're going to rely very heavily upon Amir Abdullah. If USC is smart, they're going to force the pass with Tommy Armstrong. They're going to mm-hmm. create turnovers. I think they win this game. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, you're right about USC running the ball. Although Buck Allen, Javoris Allen is very good. They were a feast or famine team. And after the middle of the season, I guess it was it was either the Arizona and Colorado game. They ran really well against both of those teams. They didn't rush for four yards a carry against anyone. That includes Notre Dame, who was completely packing it in by that time to finish the season. UCLA, they couldn't do anything on the ground. Even against Cal, nothing on the ground. Wazoo couldn't really consistently do anything against a Wazoo defense. That was fine, but nothing special. And Utah, of course, was really good. Um, So it's hard to imagine them consistently being able to take advantage of Nebraska. And they're very much below average. That might be even kind after what, what the Wisconsin game looked like. Um, but yeah, I think USC will be in enough control. Cody Kessler will have, you know, the two or three weeks of practice to get back into a rhythm. And as he looked pretty excellent, most of the time during the season, Nelson Aguilar should be able to, to succeed to a certain degree and USC's defense for as dumb of a season that USC had at times, USC defense was the one sort of consistent part. Nebraska is not going to be able to take advantage on the ground in a power way in the way that a team like Boston college was able to do. And uh, I think USC with the extended bowl practice guys getting healthy and, and sort of patching up nicks and bruises and everything. I think USC is in a good place and it wouldn't be college football if we didn't have a reason to completely overinflate our thoughts about USC in the off season. So <laughs> this is what does it for everybody where they, they blow out a Nebraska team that they probably should blow out. They sign a, a nice signing day class and everybody sort of collectively agrees to forget that Steve Sarkeesian is still their coach. You can see it coming already. Of course. That does it for bowl games. That's all I got for now. For this week? For this week, yeah. You want you want to run through some lightning questions that we had on Facebook? Uh, yeah, let me play this. You want to save those? What do you want to do? Because they're about they're about gifts. And by the time no, we, we got to ask again, those now, then hold on. Okay, let's let's pull up these. Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail. You've got mail on the solid verbal. As often as we can, we do our best to... We got to get a new sound, by the way. We do. Oh, we're going to do a new... The off-season is going to make for some new sounds. I don't know if... Let us know if you want us to keep 
the intro to tweak the intro or go completely new with it. I feel like it might be time to go completely new. We've been doing this now. It's going to be seven years in right. August. So yeah, um, we've changed we everything. so young when it started. So young, so happy and full of life. <sighs> yeah, virile. Anyway, we pay homage as often as we can. <sighs> those of you who write in solidverbal at gmail.com, mm-hmm. those of you who post comments on the Facebook page or get in touch with us on the Twitter, Dan. What do we got? Yeah. This comes to us from Brian Bowen. Simply three word question. Is Ty elite? Mm, you're going to have to answer this one, Dan. Quick answer. Yes. Yes. He very much is. Thank he you. is the, he is the sports pod father. There is no sports podcasting pod father. I guess that goes without saying. What would you say? This is a definitely on, uh, on the spot question. Yeah. What skill do you have that you would list as your, what are you most talented at in life? In life? That you could come the closest to competing with the Ugh. absolute best person at this skill. Wow. It um, could be any, it could be Chinese checkers. It could yeah. be baseball. It could be, you know, knowledge of 18th century literature. It could be lovemaking. It could be basket weaving. Whatever it is. What do you feel like you are at the height of skill-wise? It would have... <laughs> Gosh. Um, if it is lovemaking, that's fine. That's an answer. It is not planning a wedding. I can tell you okay. that. Definitely yeah. not planning a wedding. We're going yeah. to strike that one. Um, 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 probably nothing athletic because obviously. Okay. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. What are you best at in life? I need time to think about this, Dan. This could be a whole like self-reflection thing. Yeah. It's a tough one. I haven't, I haven't given too much thought to it. Let me think about um, that one. Yeah. All I'm right. I'm going to post um, it late night on Twitter on Christmas yeah. Eve. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, this comes from so our friend Nathan. What is the worst reaction somebody has had uh, to a gift that you purchased or got for them? Ah, yes. Do you have a bad gift giving tale? Um, it's not so I much do. a bad tale. Mm-hmm. Anytime you give a kid a gift, mm-hmm. something can go wrong. And so there was a, uh, a situation where I gave a child a gift. Mm-hmm. And the gift was clothing. Yeah. You remember how you felt on your birthday or whenever mm-hmm. when you were young, getting High clothes. Expectations yeah, getting clothes then. instead of a toy. Yeah. yeah. None too pleased. And okay. um experienced that last year. I uh I gave an ex-girlfriend for an anniversary, like a year anniversary or a two-year anniversary. Yeah. Figured she loves the show Saved by the Bell, got her a Bayside Tiger shirt. I was a dumb 24 year old (laughs) that didn't go over super well also, but another, another gift that I did give, which I still to this day claim is a great gift and it was returned. Same, same person got her a map of Los Angeles, a map map of lot, like a very handy map of freeways and cities and towns in Los Angeles, a driving map. Didn't have much knowledge of LA. Did not like that. Wow. I thought I still maintain that's a great gift. A map. Not yeah, anymore. Map. It's not a great gift. No, not anymore. No, it's terrible. <laughs> um, next question. This comes to us from Steven. Why is it, quote, better for the sport when traditional powers are on top? I think having more teams in the mix, particularly schools that don't have a history of being in top, uh, your Michigan States, your Baylors, and the angst from privileged blue blood fans, Michigan, Florida, is much more entertaining. So, Ty, what is it about A-list programs that make for more fun college football watching and experiencing? I think it's a matter of, of preference, really. 
I, I find it more interesting sure. when some of the blue blood programs are in the thick of things because you bring a whole slew of tradition with you into the conversation. When you're talking about Baylor, when you're talking about Boise State, when you're talking about teams like that, you don't necessarily have that kind of stuff that you can pull into the conversation. When you've got a team like a Notre Dame, when you've got a team like a Florida State, when you've got a team like a Miami, all of a sudden that conjures up yesteryear of college football, right. and there's a whole other dynamic to the conversation. So I just, for me personally, I've always found it more interesting. That's yep. probably the the correct way to phrase it, to say that it's better mm-hmm. for the sport is maybe being too broad with the statement is definitely more interesting. It's better for the sport because those are brand names that people can recognize. And perhaps if you're, even if you're not a fan of Florida or Ohio state or Michigan or USC, whatever, it's good because people will tune in just because like, Oh yeah, USC, Michigan, that sounds like a matchup I'm familiar with. You know, they played in Rose Bowls, everything like that. Um, And it also, when you have the top powers playing well, it means that, the the teams, the programs with the most in terms of resources are fully taking advantage of that and operating to their potential, 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 whatever. They're operating to their ceiling. And there's something about appreciating excellence. And there's also something about appreciating when schools like Baylor or Boise State or TCU, teams that shouldn't be consistently very good, jump up and beat one of those teams in a big spot. There is something fun about underdogs. There is something fun about building a team around an awesome scheme and not necessarily all of the, the big advantages. I just, on a certain level, it's hard to imagine schools like Boise state or UCF being able to sustain top level. And there are the schools like Michigan, Ohio state, USC, Florida, whatever have the resources to sustain. And so when there are huge games on huge stages, like the swamp, the big house, um, the horseshoe, all those places, it's just, it's so much more fun when it's like number three against number seven. And there are stakes on a stage like that. I, I feel like, that is the main reason. But yeah, I, I love when there are underdog schools that build something into, into something great. It just like, do you look more fondly on Britney Spears when she had like the see-through, you know, the snake around her throat and the see-through thing and the, the crazy, oops, I did it again. All that Britney Spears or like the crazy shaving head, like bashing the umbrella into the car. Like for me, it's like, I appreciate the excellence I, I'd rather look back fondly on that Britney Spears rather than like the crazy chaotic one. Yes, it is fun when blue blood schools have their down moments when Texas or Michigan or Florida. That is fun to see the exasperation from those fan bases. But lasting on and on just means that we're sort of deprived of what the height of college football could be. I'm OK with any of these teams, by the way. You know, I don't care who's good. I don't right. care if it's a. Uh, a quote unquote blue blood, or if it's a, a right. new blood, I don't, I don't care who it is, but I've just always found it a little bit more interesting when you've got the bigger name schools in the hunt, right? It just adds a whole other layer to the conversation. I, but there is, there is the, yes, there is the layer. Just parody doesn't have a huge appeal to me. I'd much rather see a team go into DKR or any of these schools and slay the giant rather than the giant is just, you know, mediocre constantly. Yeah. Okay. There is something about slaying a really great giant. That is more fun for me. All right. Next question. Uh, my best friend is getting married. This comes to us from Randy on new year's Eve. And I have a best man speech to give any Ooh. tips or suggestions on delivering a great best man speech. I have some thoughts. I will, I will turn the floor over to you. Do you have thoughts and tips? Have you ever given a best man speech? Um, I've given a speech at the wet at a wedding. I don't know if I was, I don't think I've ever been a best man. I'm a veteran 
of the best man speech process. I've right. Done you it, have I've, been many a best men. I, that's right. I've done it twice now. Okay. Um, I've given tips to many others. Mm-hmm. I'm the hired gun when it comes to the best man speech. Yes. Couple very easy tips. Yep. First tip would be don't try to be funny. Charming is way better than funny. Right. Don't try to be funny because it is very difficult to write something that is genuinely funny mm-hmm. to people other than yourself. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Don't be yep. married to the idea. Everyone wants to tell the joke. Yep. Be charming. Don't be funny. Yeah. Secondly, compliment the bride early. Oh, of course. All right. You do that right away. Compliment the bride. You're going to win a lot of people over. Then if you bomb the rest of the speech, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I would also say try to write something down before. You don't need to necessarily script the whole thing out. But there are a lot of people who go up there and say, man, I I just don't know what to say. Right. That's dumb. Or, you know, I had something planned, but now that I'm up here. It's just, it's so emotionally overwhelming. Don't right. be that guy and or girl. Just go up there, have some general format for what you want to say and mm-hmm. execute. Then yep. you don't got to worry about being nervous in front of people. Just have a general idea about what you want to say, Dan. It's not that hard. This is, this is, I, I'm completely in line with you. Uh, I would add, keep it shorter than you think it should be. Oh my God. Keep it, you know, two minutes max. I would say, go up there, compliment the bride, compliment the families, everything like that. Don't like to, to go and tell a joke and try to embarrass your friend, the, the groom when it's like an inside thing that like six people there are going to understand or find funny or like can put in the correct context. It's just a waste. Talk about the bride. Talk about when you knew that they were great for each other, something like that. And like, look, you he's going to be an idiot about the Orioles, but you know what? You can, you're, you're the perfect kind of girl to keep them in line, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And just go out with like, you guys are going to be great. Just go genuine, go charming. Don't try to be too funny. Keep it under two minutes. Everybody's going to like you, uh, compliment the, the elderly that are there. Oh like, yeah. Big one. You look fantastic. Your, your older sister, Nana over there. One of those that goes a long way. Um, and just, yeah, short to the point, charming plan of attack, raise your glass and every, and don't get, wait to drink at, until after. Don't get too drunk beforehand. Nobody likes slurring and rambling. Yeah. Two beer so maximum just, before the speech. Yeah. Just uh, don't be afraid to edit. Don't be afraid to plan. Boom, boom, boom. You know, have a great one. Now, if you're looking for a higher level of difficulty, one move that I pulled in a yeah. speech that I did, I very cautiously wove portions of Frank Ricard's speech from old school into my best man <laughs> speech. Yeah. And was able to do so without offending the elderly. That's why I'm the hired gun when it comes to wedding speeches. I don't know if we have anything else. Um, favorite. Let's see. Oh, this is a good question to go out on. Our friend Dakota, who's a very active uh, question asker. And I wish everybody could take a, a lesson from Dakota Meyer. Let's get these. We read everything. We, we get a ton of we get a ton of emails in, but uh, we read everything. We try to get as many people in. So if you have a question, whether it be college football or otherwise, do not hesitate. Dak asks, if you could go back in time to August, what's one thing you could tell your previous self in order to prepare them or you, I guess, is the case where how your favorite team would do oh, parenthetically without directly giving away their eventual record bowl matchup or how you would tell them to prepare for the first college football playoff and all the controversy surrounding the weekly rankings. Oh, my God. What would you tell yourself to better brace yourself for Notre Dame season? I would actually tell myself to trust my gut. I would tell myself to trust my gut because I had 
serious problems with this defense before the year mm-hmm. even started. Yeah. I felt pretty good about the offense. That that mm-hmm. I didn't really see coming, and I wish yeah. I had. But definitely early part of the season, people are looking at this Brian Van Gorder defense. Mm-hmm. BVG. I'm reading mm-hmm. on the message boards. BVG. Right. This attacking 4-3 defense, Dan. Mm-hmm. And I bought in. I bought in. I wish I didn't buy into that because that caused right. me a lot of heartache. Just doing this show, then seeing all the <laughs> points that they gave up against some teams down the stretch. It um, Now, believe in your gut. Notre Dame's defense is going to be what you think it's going to be. Okay. I would, I would say sort of to – I was very pessimistic about Oregon going in. One thing I would have reminded myself is experienced offensive line, even though they eventually all got hurt, but experienced offensive line. And the big thing that I – feel like I probably underestimated was the fact that the offense as fun as it could be with DeAnthony Thomas, they tried to make him into a running back and it always looked bad. It like not always, but it often looked bad and, and sort of hung things up. Whereas this year going into the season with Byron Marshall, Thomas Tyner and Royce Freeman, all much more true running backs, even though Byron Marshall eventually became sort of a slot back um, that their offense should run with an excellent quarterback a line mostly back um, and even with the loss of receivers that it appears like it will run in a, in a much more traditional Oregon sense than it had the past couple of seasons with, uh, with the Anthony Thomas trying to be shoehorned in. So um, that would have made more sense to expect the, the 12 and one PAC 12 championship season that they went through, that they would get in a rhythm with a third year, excellent quarterback. Yeah. And then the second part of this question, mm-hmm. even though it was an either or question how would you tell Ty, Dan, from August how to prepare for the first college football playoff and all of the controversy surrounding the weekly rankings? I, I don't know if I'd tell myself any different because we didn't really have any expectations for it, did we? Right. No, I, I just that there were concerns about the recusal process with people and, and their own on the selection committee with their their conflicts of interest and how the, the weekly rankings would work and what effect that they would have. Um, I think it was just... Just be prepared for new ways of evaluating similar resumes that we hadn't really looked at before and to sort of devalue uh, just records and look more at on field right, right. Um, strengths and weaknesses. I think to just be prepared for for new ways, which I don't think we're always bad. We will get you out of here on this then. Yes. What is the capital of Sweden? Stockholm. Okay. Everybody just check, just checking. What's the capital of Norway? Oslo. Capital of Denmark? Mm. I'm pretty sure I know this. I used to know this. Because um, I believe there's a Lego land there. <laughs> and I used to be way into Legos. Oh, it's Copenhagen. Yeah, it is Copenhagen. Okay. Have you been to Scandinavia? I have not. I have not been to Europe. I think neither have I. I've been all over, but not Europe. Uh, I think you and I should just do a like an off-season off-site in Copenhagen. Like a backpacking tour through Europe? Yeah, just sort of brainstorm ideas for 2015 and really just get away from it all. I'm sure I'm sure fiance Kate would love that. Uh, I, you know, maybe she needs some time to decompress after the wedding, after the honeymoon. Actually, let's get everyone out of here on this. Yeah. A final question, mm. which we did not address at What's all. What's that? comes to us from a gentleman by the name of Dan Pepper. Yeah. Dan Pepper dared us to go a whole show without mentioning Michigan in their stupid coaching search. Right. I believe we have done this, Dan. I feel like we've done a pretty good job of that. Take that, Dan. Take that, Pepper. (laughs) Yeah, let's call him Pepper. 
That's all I got, Dan. I just want to wish you and yours and the family and everyone out there a uh, happy holiday season. We do appreciate your listenership. Can I say something really creepy? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to speak for Ty, but it feels great being inside your ears. It feels, it just feels homey and warm. I love being inside your ears. Ooh, break one off. Break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now I'm not trying to trying be rude. Hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. You the way you do the things you do. do. Reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill. Grill. All right, I don't know why I did that. I love being in your ears. All right. On that note, <laughs> Daniel, enjoy your holiday. Hey, you too. Everyone out there, enjoy your holiday. Thanks for listening to the Solid Verbal. We'll be back in just a few days. Talk more college football. More bowls. We're getting ready for 2015. We're getting ready for the first ever college football playoff and college football national championship for that guy over there in beautiful, sunny Southern California. For myself, Ty here in good old Eastern Pennsylvania. Thanks again for tuning in. Catch you all when we catch you. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace.